0: Chapter Twenty Four of Officer Six Sixty Six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Officer Six Sixty Six by Barton W. Curry and Augustin McHugh. Chapter Twenty Four. Auntie takes the trail. Mix a tablespoonful of cornstarch with a quarter of a cupful of water. Stir this into a cupful of boiling water and boil for two minutes. Then add the juice and rind of a lemon and a cupful of sugar and cook three minutes longer. Beat an egg very light and pour the boiling mixture over it. Return to the fire and cook a minute longer, stirring all the while. A most tasty lemon sauce. "'To hell with these lemon sauces!' exploded michael phelan hurling the book across the room and bounding from his chair sure and i'll never be able to look a lemon in the face again lemon 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 these blame books are filled with em tis a lemon i am myself and all for a lemon-colored bill but i'll not stand it a minute longer shut down into this tomb with nothing but mice for company hurrah hurrah rosa but your blue eyes and your black hair and your devilish smiles have spelled me finish. Phelan wrung his hands and took a turn around the room. Now and again he stopped and shook his fist at the ceiling, and at last, beside himself, he made a rush for the door that led to the stairway. Opening a crack, he listened. Nothing but heavy silence beat down on him from above, and he shivered. He looked back into the kitchen, and his eye fell on the pile of cookbooks. With a muttered oath he flung himself through the doorway and crept upstairs. He had to feel his way through the narrow slit of a corridor above, and it was with an immense sigh of relief that he opened the door and stepped into the great drawing room he had left. In the dim light of the one glowing lamp, he made out Whitney Barnes deep in the embrace of a great chair and sonorously asleep. "'So that's the way he's keeping watch,' hissed Phelan through his teeth as he fairly pounced across the room. First he seized the young man's feet and threw them from their resting place to the floor, exclaiming as he did so, "'Here, you, wake up!' "'Yes, dear,' mumbled the young man in his sleep. I could abide with you always. "'Don't yez be after dearin' me,' snarled Phelan. "'Wake up!' Barnes opened his eyes and asked thickly, "'What's the matter?' "'What he is doin' there?' cried Phelan. "'What am I doing here?' rejoined Barnes, now wide awake and getting on his feet. "'Why, I'm keeping watch at the window, on guard, as it were.' "'On guard, is it?' snorted Phelan. "'On guard, and snoring like a bazoo. "'Tis a fine night, watchman, ye would make. "'But, say, ain't you seen nothing of Mr. Gladwin since?' "'Now, I told you, officer,' returned Barnes, severely, "'that I would let you know just as soon as he returned. "'I have been keeping guard here, "'and no one could enter the house without my knowing it. "'You will kindly return to the kitchen and wait.' And you got no word from him?' asked Phelan in manifest distress. "'No,' with emphasis. "'Oh, my, oh, my,' complained Phelan bitterly. "'Sure, this is the worst muddle I ever got myself into. "'The sergeant will find him in that uniform, sure. "'It'll cost me me job, that's what it will. "'How late is it now?' Barnes consulted his watch five minutes past ten holy moses if i ever get out of this scrape i pity the mon that offers me money for the lend of me uniform again i'll grab him by the a sharp ring at the doorbell cut him short and wrote another chapter of tragedy in his countenance hello there's someone at the door spoke up barnes you'd better go and see who it is officer me gurgled phelan Me? And walk into the arms of Sergeant McGinnis? Let him stay out, whoever it is, or yous go yourself." "'All right,' said Barnes, and in case it should be your friend McGinnis, you'd better go and hide in the kitchen like a brave officer. I'll let you know when it's time to come out." Phelan did not budge as Barnes left the room, but stood muttering to himself ow the devil did i ever let myself in for this thing i dunno that's what love does to yez a plague on all women if- helen helen where are you cried a shrill feminine voice that seemed to clutch the very heart of michael phelan with a grip of ice holy mother what's that he breathed backing away from the door help murder police was borne in on him in even more agonized tones and before he could move another step mrs elvira burton burst into the room flushed and wild-eyed in the throes of one of her famous fits of hysterics phelan took a backward leap as she came toward him and she yelled stop stop where's my niece with his eyes almost out on his cheeks phelan managed to articulate "'What, ma'am?' "'You know what I mean. Don't deny it,' Mrs. Burton shrilled. "'I don't know what yous are talking about,' protested Phelan, backing toward the doorway that led to the kitchen. The hysterical woman stopped, struggling for breath. When she could speak again, she said fiercely, "'Who are you?' "'I—I—' I, Phelan began.' Tell me who you are, or I'll have you arrested. I'll call the police. Oh, for the love of heaven, don't call the police, begged Phelan, still backing toward the door. Then tell me what you are doing here. I'll answer no questions, cried Phelan. With a desperate backward leap, he gained the narrow doorway behind and vanished. He pulled the door shut and clung to the knob, hearing the muffled demand hurled at him here come back here helen helen i want my niece oh helen come to auntie then barnes and the other pretty ward of the distraught mrs burton entered the room the young man had stopped sadie in the hallway to ask a few questions and endeavored to soothe the frightened girl he had taken possession of her hand again and still held it as he led her to the door of the drawing-room. They did not attempt to enter until after the precipitate disappearance of Michael Phelan. As Mrs. Burton stood looking helplessly at the closed door, her ample bosom heaving and her breath coming in short hysterical gasps, Barnes was whispering to Sadie, "'Ah, Miss Sadie, I can't tell you how overjoyed I am at seeing you again.' "'And so that's your auntie. "'Fancy that chap refusing to meet her. "'Why—' "'That was as far as he got. "'Auntie suddenly wheeled round and caught sight of him. "'Ah, Gladwin!' she screamed and made a rush for him. "'With all his characteristic aplomb and insouciance, "'Whitney Barnes was unable to face such a rush "'with any degree of calmness. "'No, no, a mistake!' he retorted and sought to sidestep. Mrs. Burton was too quick for him and seized his arm in an iron grip. "'Where is Helen? What have you done with her?' she demanded in the same wild tones. "'I—I—I—I do not know,' stammered Barnes. "'You have hidden her somewhere, and you must give her up,' stormed the woman. "'You're a scoundrel. You're a kidnapper. You're a wretch.' She flung Barnes from her with all her strength, and he slammed against the wall. She was about to charge upon him again when Sadie rushed between them. "'Oh, Auntie,' she cried, "'this is not Mr. Gladwin.' "'Of course he isn't,' chimed in Barnes, trying to shake himself together again. "'He isn't Mr. Gladwin at all.' "'Then who are you?' cried Mrs. Burton." "'Oh, he's someone else,' Sadie assured her. "'Yes, you bet I am,' continued Barnes, striving his best to appear his usual jaunty self. "'I'm someone else entirely different. I—I'm not Gladwin in the least.' "'What are you doing here?' shot out Mrs. Burton. "'Ah, that's it,' he responded. "'I'm on guard, keeping watch.' "'I knew it. "'I knew it!' and the shrill voice rose to a plangent pitch again. "'You have hidden her away! Helen! Helen!' "'Now, now, now, my dear lady,' broke in Barnes soothingly. "'I'm not your dear lady,' she flashed on him. "'My dear auntie,' Mrs. Burton's hysteria was becoming contagious. "'I beg your pardon,' he added hastily your niece miss helen is not here i've been watching for hours and she's not here no one is here that shirt-sleeved man is here and you're here but auntie he's a friend of mr gladwin's interposed sadie aha i knew it screamed mrs burton he's in the plot and again she plunged for him crying you're his friend You're helping him to steal my niece. But you shan't. I'll prevent it. I'll search the house. Come, Sadie. Barnes dodged skillfully and permitted Mrs. Burton to pass out into the hallway. Sadie was about to follow when the young man stopped her. But I must go with Auntie, Sadie objected. Never mind Auntie now. I want to tell you about your cousin. "'Then you've seen her?' "'No.' "'But you know where she is?' "'No.' "'Then what can you tell me about her?' "'Everything. Sit down, please. Remember, you asked me to help you, and I promised to do so.' Mrs. Burton had managed to switch on the lights in the big reception room back of the hallway, and was searching behind curtains, under books, behind pictures and in innumerable other places, after the manner of hysterical women. "'I said I would help you, you know,' ran on Barnes. "'Yes,' and Sadie looked up into his eyes confidently. "'Do you know why I promised?' "'No. Why did you?' Barnes bent down toward her and said with all the ardor he could command, "'Because, from the moment I saw you, I became your slave. "'When I saw how distressed you were about your cousin this evening, "'my heart went out to you. "'The instant you left, I decided to act, and I've been acting ever since.' "'Oh, how kind. What have you done?' "'I've watched.' "'Watched?' "'Yes, watched.' you don't understand that but it's a very serious matter if you only knew how serious this whole thing is you'd realize how i am trying to help you and the risk i am taking oh how noble of you how brave you are and if mrs burton had waited another moment before returning to the room she would have had another case for hysterics on her hands entirely separate and independent of helen's elopement "'I can't find her. I don't believe she's in the house,' wailed Mrs. Burton. Barnes regarded her dumbly for a moment, and then said slowly and ponderously, "'My dear lady, I assure you that she is not in the house. If you'll only listen a moment—' "'I won't listen,' Mrs. Burton snapped him up. Sadie jumped to her feet and rallied to Barnes's defense. "'But, Auntie, this gentleman has been doing everything he can to help us. Everything. He's been watching.' "'Watching? Watching what?' demanded Auntie, suspiciously. "'Ah, that's it. What? What haven't I been watching? For hours!' cried Barnes. "'But what have you been watching for?' Mrs. Burton shrilled. "'For hours!' "'What?' "'I mean, for yours, and Miss Sadie's sake. "'And now, if you'll wait here and watch with me.' "'Now I see it all,' stormed Mrs. Burton, "'shaking her hand at Barnes wrathfully. "'You want to keep us here. "'Helen and that scoundrel have gone, "'and you want to prevent our following them.' "'No, Auntie, he's trying to help us,' sobbed Sadie. "'He's lying to you, child,' said Mrs. Burton, shooting vindictive glances at Barnes. "'Don't you know he's a friend of that wretch Gladwin? "'But they can't hoodwink me. "'I know what to do now. "'Helen is not of age. "'I'll swear out a warrant. "'I'll have him arrested for abduction, a state prison offense.' "'No, no, no,' implored Barnes, in real alarm. You must not do that. That will make the whole thing public, and that is just what Gladwin is trying to avoid." "'Don't you suppose I know that?' sneered Mrs. Burton. "'He's probably a bigamist. He may have a dozen wives living, the beast.' "'But won't you understand?' insisted Barnes. "'He's trying to save her, privately.' "'Now, what are you talking about?' Mrs. Burton regarded him as if she had suddenly realized he was a raving maniac. And by way of justifying her inspiration, he stumbled on blindly. "'I don't know. You see, it's this way. Gladwin and I only found it out this afternoon, quite by accident, and we decided to save her.' "'That's enough. Stop!' cried Mrs. Burton. "'You're talking all this nonsense to detain us.' but I won't stay a minute longer. Come, Sadie, we will go to the police station. I'll never rest until I have that monster in jail. And with another dagger glance at Barnes, she swept her niece and herself out of the room and out of the house to the waiting automobile. Barnes gripped his forehead in both hands to steady his reeling brain. Isn't that just like a woman, he complained. "'after explaining explicitly she's going to have him arrested. "'But by Jove, I must find Travers "'and warn him that the police are on his track.' "'Seizing his hat and stick, he rushed out into the night, "'just in time to see Mrs. Burton's, or rather Jabez Hogg's, "'big car glide away from the curb "'and shoot down the avenue like a vast projectile.'" End of chapter 24